rise up young man, rise up young lady, you are not alone, no matter what you're going through, it is going to pass, you're gonna come out the other side, keep shining. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of You Are Not Alone podcast by Mamba Inspire Brand. Like the title suggests, the purpose of this podcast is to help people out there who are going through unimaginable struggles know that they are not alone and believe that they will come out on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today, uh, Pooja Trivedi. That's how you say it, right? Yeah, Trivedi. Yes, man. Thank you so much for giving us your time. No, thank you. I'm happy to be here. You are pretty busy. Yeah, <laughs> all the amazing things you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, so I was born in Pasadena, California. And then shortly after, we moved to New Jersey and then Virginia. And mm-hmm. I, had, I was basically raised in Virginia for 15 years. Wow. Um, I have an older brother who's um, now 27 and a younger sister who's 17. So I'm the middle child. Um, and I grew up with two loving parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they immigrated from India. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Wow. So your parents immigrated from India, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you, you were born here with your siblings. And mm-hmm. growing up here, how hard was it to uh, keep? I'm sure your parents were instilling that Indian culture in you, mm-hmm. but you also um, you live in America, so right. you, you, you watch TV and you see all those things. How hard was it to, to balance those two cultures growing up? I actually really loved it. Um, of course, there were some difficulties in like getting my parents to maybe understand what's going on at school with the mm-hmm. other students, but they put me in Indian classical dancing from a young age. They put me in um, Indian classical flute too. So I was very in touch with my roots and my culture, and I thought it was a, an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was beautiful. So a lot of my hobbies and talents growing up actually had to do with Indian culture, even though I was living in America. Um, so I don't really see it as a hard thing. I see it as uh, really a fortunate. Beautiful thing, uh, yeah. I feel like very lucky to be Indian and also get this different experience. Mm-hmm. Do you know why they moved to the US? Um, I think it was just, well, how it happened was my mom's sister, my aunt, she actually made the first move mm-hmm. because, you know, the whole American dream thing. And that was a risky thing. You don't, um, you don't have a lot of money. You don't know anybody there. Mm-hmm. You're just here that it's a good place and there's a lot of opportunity. So um, they made the jump and they moved here. Uh, uh, yeah. Being a child of, uh, of an immigrant, uh, how hard, what, what were some challenges you faced growing up? Mm-hmm. I think it was just a lot of maybe like misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would say I think maybe I don't have the most traditional experience because um, my parents like did everything they could for me in mm. terms of like finances. They told me not to worry about things, and um, if I wanted to go out and do something or go out and try something new, mm-hmm. they would always say they would always kind of uh, weigh the risks. Mm-hmm. They were very calculated risk takers, but um, if they thought it was good for me, they would help me out and they'd always push me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. In terms of hardships per se. Um, even with your parents, when they come, did they have to give up a job? Or? Oh, yeah. I think they had um, they had to file for citizenship, mm-hmm. which was a process. Mm-hmm. It took some time. And um, 
my dad actually he left India when he was younger and he mm -hmm. studied in a bunch of different places mm -hmm. so he had that advantage and he's also a pretty educated person mm -hmm. so he was able to get a job like pretty much right off the bat mm -hmm. um, and then my mom came shortly after so I think maybe the most hardships that they faced were not knowing anybody here and mm -hmm. being in a completely different area and um, Definitely, and coming from India, yeah, coming you are from used India. to you are used to family. You know, family is everything and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. So I feel like uh, in America, you are you have to be you are you living an individualized life where it's like it's just you and your family, you know, and stuff like that. I think that was the biggest thing for my mom, especially mm -hmm. because she always says this phrase like it takes a village to raise a child, mm -hmm. and so she saw like India like as her community. Um, and it's not just like, oh, you live in like one house with your friends. You're friends with everyone. You're Definitely. friends with the neighbors. You're friends with the people that own the Definitely. restaurant. Everyone. And so coming here, I'm sure it was very isolating for them. Definitely. Definitely. You're friends with the neighbors. You also get whooped by the neighbors and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. They're your parents too. Yeah. I, I'm from Guinea, so I used to get whooped by this family. <laughs> yeah. uh, come back here. Oh, yeah. You you and my son, when did this? Okay, you guys need whoopings. Oh, my god. Then I go home. By the time I get home, I know they already told my mom, so... The third time. <laughs> third time. So, I had so, so many people caring and disciplining. Yeah. What What was high school like for you? Like, how? What was it like? What was it like? Um, I think I've always been somebody who I never cared about grades. Mm -hmm. My parents always, you know, that's that's the expectation. Like, you should get straight A's and you should work really hard and you should be the smartest person in the class. Mm -hmm. And I. I'm just not. I've, <laughs> I've never been a straight A student, and a lot of people think I am, but I'm just really not. I never have been. Yeah. I've always been somebody who's like really, really interested and likes to spread my time doing, um, like pursuing my hobbies. Things you love to things do. I, things I like to do and things that I think will make me a more all-rounded person, yeah. not just school, school, school all the time. Wow. Although, of course, I think it's very important. It is important. Yeah. Um, so high school was like I would go to school I would go to dance class um, dance was a huge part of my life mm -hmm. um, I actually ended up doing kind of like a bachelor's certificate program so every year um, a teacher from India would come and they would it would be like a three-day exam so on the first day you write like a like four to eight hour paper on like Indian mythology and like mm -hmm. all the hand gestures neck gestures eye gestures that go into dancing and um, <clears throat> the next day would be kind of like a stage performance and mm -hmm. then the following day would be like, you go in the room with the, with the judge who came from India and mm -hmm. she would tell you to things do, do things on the spot. Wow. And you just have to do things. And sometimes you have to come up with like rhythmic patterns on your own. Wow. And so because of that, I think my dance teacher also, she was like, she was my mom. <laughs> she was basically my mom. I would go over to her place. She would be like upstairs cooking or doing something with her kids. She's like, start practicing, start practicing. Um, and sometimes I would end up like staying all night at her place. She would feed me. She'd wow. be like, you want to stay over? You want to like, you know, you play with my kids. It was like wow. mutual. Wow. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And so I also played the flute in high school. I really love music. And <clears throat> I also did a lot of, I guess, more academic activities. So I mm -hmm. did like science fair and, um, this creative problem solving competition called Odyssey of the Mind. I just like really like to keep myself busy. <laughs> That's amazing. And many people do not really understand that that mentality that school yes, 
it's okay to be good in school, mm -hmm. but sometimes doing what you are passionate about will get you ready for the real world. Right. Because when you do something that you love, mm -hmm. nobody can compete against you. Yeah. Right? You're going to do whatever you can to, exactly. be, to do it well. Exactly. Yeah. No matter no matter what you study, no matter how amazing what you're studying is, if you don't have passion for it, you may be good at it, but you may never, you may never be great at it. Exactly. No exactly. So someone with that mentality as you mm -hmm. wouldn't, like, if you really think uh, you wouldn't have a lot of trouble adapting in college. Yeah. But how, how was it? How was that college adaptation for you? How hard was it? Um, just given, uh, given my personality, I really, I value my freedom. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I would tell this to my parents a lot. I'd be like, hey, let me go out. Let me just do whatever I want. You know, I finished my homework. Like... Um, let me go out with my friends at you know random hours of the night, and they'd mm -hmm. be like, no, they'd say no. They're very disciplined lifestyle. Yeah. And so when I came here, I thought, oh, I'm gonna go off the rails. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have all the fun that I want, and I'm gonna do um, whatever I want, whatever whenever I want. want. It, it's <laughs> like you come into college right oh, with right. that with that kind of mentality. Yes, mm -hmm. you say you value freedom, mm -hmm. like you, somebody like you value freedom, but. Sometimes you have to limit yourself. You mm -hmm. have to know who when to yeah, get yeah. studying. But still, like somebody who, like you, who really care about like uh, doing, being well-rounded, mm -hmm. right? Doing the things that you love to do, mm -hmm. right? Which is important. How did you find? How did you find a way to balance the ability to have freedom and go out there and be who you wanna be mm -hmm. versus really dialing down and studying hard? Yeah. I think, well, to go back to the original question, mm -hmm. um, some things that I wasn't expecting when I came to college, I thought it would be really easy to adapt, really freeing. Mm -hmm. But then I realized maybe I'm not as independent as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. um, my mom, she actually quit. She's a lawyer, but mm -hmm. she quit her practice when my younger sister was born. Okay. And so she decided to stay at home and take care of us. Wow. And as you can imagine, like that's a huge decision, one. But that means I had support whenever I needed it at yeah. home. Wow. Like, she would say, don't worry about cooking. Like, I have this. Mm -hmm. Or if I was, like, you know, helping with the dishes or something, she would never say, you know, come here and finish this chore. She would say, if you have homework to do, go study. Like, education is very important. Mm -hmm. um, so she was always there. Like, she was always a figure that was, like, taking care of me. And then you get to college and you have to cook on your own. You have to mm -hmm. make your own schedule. <laughs> There's no structure, yeah. right? You have to make your own structure. Your parents are not always there to take care of you and tell mm -hmm. you what to do. There's a lot of like independent decision making, which I'm sure most college students do face. Wow. Um, and then kind of how to balance um, school, passions, and then social life, also getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. I think, have you ever seen that triangle thing that it's like sleep, good grades and social life and no. you can only have two <laughs> no you haven't seen that no not yet um so you can only have sleep and good grades or you can only have good grades and a oh, social life I but see, not I sleep see. i see i'm a strong believer in that if you manage your time properly and mm. if you prioritize um certain things mm -hmm. you can do everything wow yeah um so i i think i'm pretty good at managing my time i would say and discipline and d yeah discipline and that's because of my parents wow. my parents like really enforce what is important um, sometimes school is more important than sleep mm -hmm. but sometimes for your well-being and your health your sleep is more important than school and then sometimes you just know like what you're learning in this one class mm -hmm. is not as important as 
maybe going to a meeting that, about something that you're really, really passionate about. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to make those sacrifices and skip. And I think prioritizing is like one of the most important things in college because there's so much going on. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. how, how hard was it for your mom? Did you remember how hard it was for her to give up being a lawyer and to, to, to be home? She never, ever, ever once said like, oh, I regret this or oh, it's yeah. hard because there would be times as I got older, I started to understand like, whoa, that is a huge decision to make. Mm -hmm. um, and me being like a like somebody who pretty much like cares about their career, right? Yeah. And n now thinking about it, like about to like graduate and go into the real world, I'm like, mm. I don't know if I could make that decision. You work so hard uh, like to in there. high school and you work so hard in college. And then for her, she went to law school too, right? She took the, those um, LSAT. LSATs yeah. and then uh, she went to law school and then she went to take the bar exam. Mm -hmm. There, It's like such a huge process and to just kind of give that up because you have three kids, that's a tough decision. Mm -hmm. uh, she never once said, oh, I regret this decision. She never talked about it. She said, you three kids are my priority and um, I love that I made this decision because I love like you guys so, so much. And um, she's like, this is my job. It's to take care of you guys. At this point, she, she always says, this time in your life is never coming back. Mm -hmm. And so make the most of it. And she's one of the most positive people I know. And so she, she would never say, oh, like, it was tough to make that decision, to me at least. Wow. I'm sure it was very hard on her, but that's she never amazing. showed that side. That's amazing. Yeah, that, she's that's a strong a big lady. sacrifice. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing to have a mom like that. Yeah. She's okay. a role model of mine already. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Let's talk about PUC. Oh, yeah. Things that you really, really care about. Of course. PUC is a project for underserved community. Actually, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so PUC is this program at UT Austin. Mm -hmm. It's called Projects with Underserved Communities. And they take usually around um, six to seven engineers and one social work student. Mm -hmm. And they put them on a team, connect them with an NGO and an underdeveloped um, or that an NGO that works in an underdeveloped area. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was Thailand. Um, and it was a school that had limited access to water. So I think there were about, excuse me, 200 students at this, um, this elementary middle school in mm -hmm. Thailand, in Dongklang, Thailand. And they had a water supply, but they didn't have sinks. Mm -hmm. So it's common culture in Thailand to brush your teeth and wash your hands at school. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of their main source of hygiene because mm -hmm. all of these kids are like, they're really, really poor. Yeah. And so we spent the year researching, fundraising, and then ultimately designing and presenting our project wow. and our models. Um, we did a lot of CAD design. We did a lot of fundraising so mm -hmm. that it would be free to the school. Mm -hmm. um, we spent the year doing that, and then once the professors give us project approval based on our presentations, we travel to the country, live in that village, and then um, we pretty much work all day uh, building our design. So that could be anything from digging trenches in the, in the ground to making concrete, mixing it up, pouring it out, uh, cutting wood. You do the labor for your uh, project. Yeah, yeah, for your project. Yeah. What was that like? What, what was that experience like being in a v small village uh, with amazing people, but that you don't know? Yeah. Being in a, in a place that you, many, many of you students do not really, uh, did not live in that kind of environment mm -hmm. going on. What was that like? I think it was kind of life-changing. Um, I, 
I was expecting a lot of, um, I wasn't expecting the students there to be as happy as they were. Mm -hmm. That was always shocking. Like they would always, they didn't know English too. Mm -hmm. So one, there's a language barrier mm -hmm. and two, they're living in these like pretty difficult circumstances. Yeah. Um, but someone on my team, her name is Julie, at the end of the trip, she said, I learned that you don't need, uh, you, can, you can show love even with a language barrier. And I was like, I think that sums up the entire trip. Yeah. That they appreciated what we were doing so much. They would always give us so much love. They would write, they didn't know English, but on pieces of paper, they would write, I love you, or like draw little <laughs> pictures and stuff. Wow. It was just so adorable and so cute. And I saw, I was like, if these people in these circumstances are living so happily and um, you know going to school and working hard doing whatever they need to do then mm -hmm. we have nothing to complain about ever <laughs> wow yeah. wow so many there are example let's take UT there are 50,000 students here at UT right not everybody have that in their plate as some kind of priority right not everybody many people come here to get a to get a degree mm -hmm. right trying to get a job and stuff like that mm -hmm. uh, many students do not have time do not feel, do not feel like they have time to go that extra step and do that where did you find that passion to to really say okay i want to do this i feel like this is something i need to this mm -hmm. experience is something i need to have in college yeah this will help benefit me in the future where you got that passion from no i totally agree i think a lot of people come to college with the mindset like i'm here to go to school and then get a job mm -hmm. i think i'm here for the experience mm -hmm. this is so cool college especially ut is such a good opportunity and i think i i have something called fomo like fear of missing out mm -hmm. but people usually use that phrase in like a social setting to be like ah these people went to a party i have fomo i didn't get to go and have fun i have that in i have fear of missing out in the experiences in college mm -hmm. the organizations here things like puc mm -hmm. um I think when I when I realized that I wanted to be an engineer, which was pretty early on, I wanted to, to be very humanitarian mm -hmm. and environmentally oriented. Okay. And so I thought PUC embodied all of that. And also, I just really love to travel too. Mm -hmm. um, it was maybe one of the coolest acts of service you could do with skills that you're learning in engineering. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool to see. Mostly when you're working a job, right? You'll do the design but you won't go and build it. Mm -hmm. Or you might be a contractor and you might be building it, but you won't do the design. Definitely. And I thought it was a really cool opportunity to see like the full life cycle of an engineer's job wow. and put your, put your hands on every part of it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think if you have passions like that and um, you know that this is what you want to do, you kind of have that vision, that mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, leadership kind of helped with that too. Of course. Yeah. yeah you'll make the time for it. There's never a, there's no time for this. You'll make it a priority. Wow. Yeah. Which brings to the point, what, when did you feel like you, because when, when we come to college, we are 18 years old. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's ahead, right? Mm -hmm. We are not ready uh, to, to attack the kind of life that college is bringing us, right? Mm -hmm. We, because when we come to college, we are here to learn a set of skills that will help us go out there and build our own journey toward mm -hmm creating our legacy mm -hmm. right right but when we come to college most of us came from being under parents so we do not have the experience of being independent right. when did you feel like 
you saw yourself as being okay i'm ready it's time to start creating my legacy it's time to start pushing my dreams like doing things that i love to do in order to get to where, to the place i'm trying to be mm-hmm. i think that was like day one when yeah. i as soon as i got here yeah. i knew that like i didn't want this experience to just be going to class and then dilly-dallying and mm-hmm. um, you know going to some parties and that being college like woo like <laughs> you know i got this degree and i and i had a good time Mm-hmm. Um, I think from day one, I, I always have support from my parents. I still call my parents every day mm-hmm. because family is super important to me. But I knew uh, as soon as I got here that UT is a place with a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Austin is a really amazing up-and-coming city. Mm-hmm. And to not take full advantage, to not fill almost every hour of your day mm-hmm. taking... Um, you know, taking it like by the horns or by the rails or whatever you want to call it. Um, Say waste that time. Yeah, like if you if you don't feel every hour doing something good and doing something you're passionate about, I I see it kind of a little bit as a waste of time, which is kind of exhausting too. Yeah. But um, it's just it's there good. are so many opportunities yeah. and stuff like that. So many people come when when we come here, we 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 see this big word that mm-hmm. represents UT, this big sentence that represents UT, UT. What starts here changes the world, yeah. right? And in our mind, many students, we believe that, ah, okay, let me get a good education, go get a great job, and I, I can start changing the world, right? Mm-hmm. But what many people don't understand is that that can start now. Yeah. You can start changing the world now. Literally any day. Yeah, you can start. And there's so much support I've, I've had things where i'm like i just have this idea and then i talk to some people and they're like cool let's make it happen let's do it yeah there's so many like-minded people on this campus of course and um, this is the time to fail exactly this is the time to fail and this is the time to experiment yeah because once you have a job nine to five it becomes a lot harder of course so yeah i would say like take opportunity take take the time that you have in this this really really cool opportunity and don't waste like time wow this time is like so important of course that's one thing that I was listening to Simon Simon uh, Sinek, I, I think that's his name, mm-hmm. uh, a great motivational speaker, right? He was talking about, he said, he, he told his audience, imagine if somebody come and tell you a story about them giving a $50 million to this thing, right? Mm-hmm. No matter who you're going to think, oh, wow, that's cool. It's good that you gave, but you don't feel, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool, right? Yeah. But if somebody say oh wow i just spent my my day uh going to this place and building schools mm-hmm. that's more meaningful because they tell you that they spend their time right yeah. so giving somebody your time is more important than giving somebody one thing you have oh yeah right? i totally agree yeah so one of the greatest uh honors that you just got uh <laughs> being invited as a scholar uh to the four best 30 under 30 yeah yeah uh, even what does that mean to you? Um, I, I see it as another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it as... I have a hard time seeing things as prestigious mm-hmm. just because um, I see them so much more as opportunities to grow mm-hmm. um, and, and not like bragging rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might sound like kind of cliche, yeah. But really, like deep down, I just see this as I'm going to get to go there. I'm so excited that I got chosen and um, I'm so thankful. Yeah. I'm so thankful that I get to 
experience like a bunch of awesome motivational speakers, mm-hmm. learn from them, see CEOs, just really open my mind and have really awesome conversations. See what it looks like. Yeah, just just see, just yeah. understand, yeah. One of the biggest advice that my father told me uh, was, he, he said, he was talking about uh, giving, he said, what, whatever you are given mm-hmm. is not yours. Yeah. Whatever you earn is forever yours. Right. Right. Uh, that just means if you don't see what you are given as yours, mm-hmm. it's more likely for you to find a way to create your own path to make yeah. that, to earn that and make it yours. Exactly. Yeah. I think um, my parents also say a similar thing. Yeah. My dad is very tough love. Mm-hmm. Um, like anytime... I get excited like oh I I got this I kind of made this accomplishment or oh I did this really cool thing at school he'd be like okay cool what's next <laughs> um, he, he'll never say oh good job yeah he, he's not like that yeah. because he had to work really hard yeah and he knows as soon as you become satisfied and you feel comfortable in the space that you're in yeah that's when you stop moving up right that's when you stop trying and yeah. putting your 110% in everything um, like for example when I was younger, mm-hmm. there was one day he was he made me mow the lawn mm-hmm. when I was really young. Wow. Like I was like twelve years old. That's amazing. I was mowing the lawn, and you know when you pull the string back, yeah. and that sparks the engine and stuff. Yeah. I pulled the string so hard because it wasn't starting that it broke. Yeah. And he was upstairs. I think he was like, so doing something on the iPad. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I just broke the lawn mower. I still have like half the lawn to do. He's like, okay, go fix it. And I was like, what? First of all, I'm 12. <laughs> Secondly, I don't know how to fix a lawnmower. Um, so I went back down and I started looking at it and I was like, I don't know how this works. And he said, go on the internet. You have, you know, you have all these resources available to you. Wow. He said, once you figure it out, I can come help you take it apart. And so that's what I did. I went on YouTube and I figured out like, okay, um, there's a spool that winds up and that's where you need to put the new string in. And um, you have to take out these four screws and, and the top pops off and all of that. I said, okay, I figured it out. Like, let's go fix it. So we, he helped me take it apart and we, we put the string back in and then I finished mowing the lawn and that was my day. That's the so, coolest thing yeah, ever. Um, at the time I was very, very frustrated, but that, that discipline, that whatever it takes to get the job done, that's what you will do to get the job done. That mindset that's that has like been something that's just carried me through a lot of like tough times that's the coolest day yeah. ever <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i heard one of the most amazing uh, motivational speaker i forgot his he, he said he said the worst thing that anyone can have is have a bad attitude yeah i feel like many people in this world when they're facing struggle the first thing they think about is i can do that or mm-hmm or I can't afford that, yeah. right? Uh, that's also, it, it was also said in the book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, I think the most successful people, that one person, the way they think is, how can I afford that? Yeah. How can I make this happen? How can I do that? You just have that to make, make it you, happen. Yeah. yeah, when you say, I can't, I can't, I can't, you are telling yourself, stop thinking. Yeah. Stop thinking and yeah. let me just give up. But when you say, how can I, you are asking yourself to think. You are making yourself finding solutions. Yeah, it's like where there's a will, there's a way. That's amazing. Your dad is amazing. <laughs> man. Yeah. But my dad really, he, he was similar. He was pretty similar in mm-hmm. like whatever little things around the house, 
Mamadou, come here. <laughs> there were so many kids that are not his kid that he was raising, but mm -hmm. he made sure that I was always at the front of the line. Wow. If there were three things to do in the house, I had to do two. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, had to yeah. do two. Wow, that's wow. amazing. No, that's really awesome for your story too. So after you graduate, you're about to work at Apple. Um, I, I don't know You yet. don't know yet. You I don't know, know yet. yet. I'm but, sorry. But per, per chance, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, You don't maybe, know yet. Maybe. You have so much options, but you are interning with them right now. So I know you are young, but I'm sure someone like you have very disciplined, very organized. You have thought about uh, the future, right? Mm -hmm. what, what, what does it, do you have an idea what it looks like for you? Um, the near future. The near, <laughs> the future. near future. This is another quality about me that <laughs> is probably kind of unexpected. Like, I don't plan too too much. Yeah. Maybe like the next year is planned Perfectly out, but fine. after that, I like to really keep my options open. Uh -huh. um, Perfectly fine. Yeah, for the next year, I think it's kind of like wherever life takes me. Mm -hmm. I had an internship at Apple. Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. I was working hands-on in a machine shop, mm -hmm. and I was also doing kind of research on the side for them. Mm -hmm. um, and moving forward, I think, uh, or right now, I'm still working part-time. Um, I, I work on their environmental stuff. Okay, wow. Yeah, I can't say too much, but um, that's one of my passions, right? Like, going back to what I had said initially, it's humanitarian and it's environmental. Mm -hmm. So whatever I do, um, whether it's one year from now or 10 years from now or even when I'm retired, it's going to be bettering. I, I studied BME, mm -hmm. so bettering healthcare, making it more accessible in underserved areas mm -hmm. or working on like uh, environmental initiatives, making water quality or water supply more accessible, uh, just things like that. I, I have these two very, very um, solidified passions and visions in my mind mm -hmm. and Basically, whatever life throws at me, whatever opportunities that come my way that align with those values, that's what I'll do. That's kind of how I see it. That's amazing. Okay, we are. This is our last segment. Okay, right? it's wow. called it's called uh, I'm using the Mamba Inspire mentality. Ooh, right? I like it. So Mamba Inspire is is the Mamba Inspire brand mentality mm -hmm. is like the motivational mentality mm -hmm. that make you do things that many people are not able to do. You are able to focus, like mm -hmm. control, be in control, and just hustle, grind, like go defy the odds to get mm -hmm. the things that you need, yeah. right? Uh, I can't, if you want me to, I can't start. Right? Go for it, yes. Right. So, a time I used the Mamba Inspire mentality was two years ago mm -hmm. when I started actually motivational speaking. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I was given an opportunity, I stood in front of the crowd mm -hmm. and I forgot half of my speech. It was 400 people, oh, no. right? I, I said, thank you for your time, which was supposed to be the ending of my speech. Mm -hmm. But I decided to keep going. Mm -hmm. I used the Mamba Inspire mentality to keep going that day. And that day is when I started motivational speaking. Wow. And the fact that I kept going that day, that's what got me here today. Amazing. That's the Mamba Inspire mentality. That's so cool. Um, I actually have a similar experience. Uh, actually, I have a lot of those experiences. <laughs> I'm sure you do too. But... Um, Mine was when I was quite young, mm -hmm. and I think the reason I'm choosing this one is because um, I, I proved to myself that um, I guess I do have this Mamba-inspired mm -hmm. mentality. I didn't think I did, but I do. Mm -hmm. I was taking those dance exams, right? Mm -hmm. I was in the room, 
and um, the judge had just asked me to do something and I did it and then I froze I, I finished it but I froze because I kind of have that like perfectionist mentality mm -hmm. so I felt like I didn't do a good job mm -hmm. and I turned around and I walked out the room mm -hmm. I said I'm so sorry I told the judge I'm so sorry I've never performed that piece as bad as I just did in front of you I'm sorry I quit I can't do the rest of this test mm -hmm. and I walked out and I was pretty young mm. I was like in middle school or something Wow and it's a lot of pressure to be in you know like yeah she's such a qualified lady and my dance teacher sitting in the room there's a live musician wow. um, you have to keep the beat with them and I walked out and I cried and I was like oh my god I can't believe what I'm doing this is so unlike me I just froze and, yeah. and I walked out it was crazy but I cried I, I wiped my tears there was another um, another dance teacher sitting in the room yeah. she said I don't care what you do you have to go back in there and you have to finish mm. and I said I don't know if I can she said no I know you can you mm. definitely can mm. my mom also like walked into the room at the time she's like what are you doing I was like I can't do it she's like no Pooja you are stronger than that mm. like um, she always kind of makes references to our family history she's like look at where you come from look mm. at the strength in your family this is nothing mm. just go in there and finish it and I could have also walked out of that house. That's mm. what I was thinking at the time. Yeah. But I walked back in. I apologized. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to finish this test. I'm sorry for the delay. Um, I put a smile back on my face and I finished. And I actually, I got like one of the highest scores um, that you can get. So wow. it was, and, and that was the day that was a turning point where I'm like, okay. I can't whatever, do yeah, whatever, whatever comes my way you can do it you know you can't you don't turn around and quit so there you have it people thank you so much for tuning into the mamba inspire you are not alone podcast we have another great story next episode make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel twitter and instagram for updates look up mamba inspire <laughs>